Like you're ready to fall asleep there, my man. Too relaxed. Well, you just had an incredible brainwave. There is only this moment. Yeah. I can see through time. It's just this moment, though. That's that's what I realized. Yeah. Squeegeed my third eye. Yeah, man. It's looking fresh. Zone because I've got a few words to remember, so I just want to make sure I get the intro right. Mm-hmm. <gasps> we are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. My name is Jim Master James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Adam Boncha. That <laughs> was delightful. Thank you, oh, Nathan Harrison. Spectacular. Andrew McDonald. It was good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> 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 It has been a while since you've been truly villainous. Yeah, true. So I'm glad. I'm glad mm. you still have it in you. Maybe oh. there'll be a song this episode that we all love and you hate. Hopefully. Mm. Who's to say? <laughs> God, man, Slow, don't do it all at once. Yeah. Fifty songs down. They're done. They're in the past. They're in the rearview mirror. We're back in the game. We're back out on the field. Let's get this party going. Let's lay down the cardboard and let's put on our trackies. Let's get wild, people. This is Run DMC versus Jason Nevins. And it goes a little something like this. versus Jason Nevins coming in at number 50 in the 1998 Hottest 100. That song is called It's Like That and that is a remix of that particular song. If you hadn't picked that one up already, I certainly didn't when I was eight years old watching that video for the first time. I thought Run DMC were the hot new kids on the scene. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> and at the discos, right? Like, oh, yeah. like such oh, a. This went fucking off at the discos. Disco. This is like, oh god, there we, it is. You were so lucky. We yeah. we all couldn't like legally drink or take <laughs> drugs at that point because if we were pinging at the right time when this dropped, like it would have been on for young and old, quite literally. <laughs> kids don't need any of that stuff kids have, <laughs> kids have got pure childlike wonder that would be bored though man to be like MDMA when you were a kid that would be fun in year 7 I what <laughs> I think if I could go back in time I would, I would be a child <laughs> addict I would, I would be a you would do MDMA as a child I uh, no, I, 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 I would do that as an adult so Flintstones chewable MDMA <laughs> Flintstones chewable do, do you guys remember those little packets of Whiz Fizz mm. yeah baby in year 7 tight. I did a line of that Ouch. yeah Okay. Um, how did that turn out? Yeah. You know, well, I got a little. I got the little scoop. I'm uh, not asking it was how. A, it was a dare. It was a five dollar dare. And so I just went, and I was. That was oh. choice as a kid, eh? You like dare Yeah. The, one of the teachers came. I was like, "What is going on here?" And I'm just like, "I just did a line of this." And 
Like, it wasn't like, I'm furious at you for imitating drug use. It was just like, I'm pitying you because that's one of the dumbest things you could fucking do. <laughs> and so she just stared at me for like 20 seconds, just like, don't do it again. And then just walked off. What did you do with that $5? Bought Probably more got more Whisfizz, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It, was, it was cheap. Yeah. And, so- <laughs> and that's how the uh, the Deej Whisfizz racket got started. <laughs> I, got two, I got two phones, man. Yeah. One yeah. <laughs> Sorry to derail that, Nathan. Yeah. It's like that. It is like that. That's the way it is. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. Huh? Uh, huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, alright, so Run DMC put out It's Like That in uh, 1983. Adam can probably uh, add to my very limited hip-hop history knowledge, but mm-hmm. this is a really important track in terms of... This is one of the first big songs to be a hip-hop song that was about the community and the issues yeah, sure. the community were facing and to try and be a voice and an advocate for particularly young people in the community and the problems that they're facing. So this is a really big song. And as well as that, like, the sound that they brought in with that, it's it's like a much more minimalist yeah. um, the, approach to the, the beat. The boom bap. Yeah, right? Mm. And then, like, the way that they're, they're rapping, like, it's almost like street preachers. There's a real, like, proselytizing kind of preaching feel to the the way that they're doing the lyrics. This is a huge track. And then in 1997, Jason Nevins put a four on the floor house beat behind it and added a few things. Yeah. And it it feels weird to be critical of this because it's just like whatever. But like the closer I look at it, the more cynical I am about this remix. I hear this and I'm like, this must have been the song that Run DMC envisioned when they had it in their head. Because this sounds so fucking whole and complete. Like going back to the original now, and I've known both versions for a long time. I've always been like, yeah, this is the one, right? It's just like... Jason Nevins should have been in the studio with them to add the background there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, quick question. Yup. We're all, like, vaguely around the same age. Did we all hear this version before the original version? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I don't remember hearing it as a kid. Really? This okay. Version. Yeah, yeah. Really? Or, or if I so did, you, I wasn't conscious. So you, you, the you video? heard the first one before the, before the Jason Nevins Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's I, interesting. I only saw the video, I think, at least memorably, for the first time in prep for the app. Wow. Yeah. This was That's, a huge video yeah. of my childhood. Yeah. Hmm. You remember the video? The two groups of people breakdancing at each other? It's on? Nathan, I don't know uh, any music videos. Thank yeah, you. right. I've seen precisely zero music videos. <laughs> when I think of... It's like that. This is the version I think of, I guess. I think yeah. just like the four on the floor fills it out a bit. Look, like the original still slaps. No, no, like, I get that. Yeah. They're great. And like Run and D are both in great form here. That early hip hop is so lost as a relic in contemporary hip hop. The loud, booming voices that they just bounce back and forth. Like the Beastie Boys kind of still did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. One of them talk and the other one talk and we come in like, like this. That kind of yeah. thing they do. Yeah. Like, nailed that. <laughs> that's a lost kind of thing. It's so and 80s. Early, it's early, so 80s, man. Early like, 80s hip hop. Okay, I don't know that every time it's mentioned you talk about the Donald Glover joke about yeah. the hat store. The, the hat <laughs> yeah. store, baby. Have you ever listened to rap back in the day? It's always some dude being like, well, I went to the hat store today and I bought myself a hat. <laughs> That is just such an affectionate way and accurate to look back at early 80s hip hop. Yeah. And it's just so good. And this but song has a bit of hat store about it. It does. But it was also like an important song about moving away from the hat store. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And being like, <laughs> yeah. I've got my hat now. How can I help people that don't have hats? <laughs> why, why can't everybody afford a hat? Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. And I, I think I'm the meeting point between your two 
kind of opinions here. I, th- I think that this really the two songs are the same song, but they're just for two completely different contexts. And I actually think that the, it's just a case of the hole changed, and so the peg had to change. Hmm. And this is just like a really great and kind of like humble from Jason Devon's point of view reworking of the song it's not really about him at all no one's thinking like wow he's such an amazing producer it's like no he's just taken good source material and honored it in such a way that now it is going to find a new audience where perhaps the original without this treatment would not have found yeah i think i think like it demonstrates a recontextualization i'm irked that he cut the last couple of verses that are very much about really landing the point of like all these things are quite bad you can find your way through this through community, whether that's like school mm. or church. Like right. there, there are things that you can do and believe and like and really like self empowerment stuff at the end. Huh. This kind of just didn't make it in. Counterpoint to that: this reworking is not about the message of the no. song whatsoever. No, yeah, this is a this is about a song that fucking slaps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is like- about a big banging beat that you can break dance to. None of the people break dancing in the video are stopping for a second to be like, you know, we've had a lot of fun today. But- <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, and that's and that's kind yeah. of like like this is super fun. But I, I feel like the closer I look at it, the more I'm like, hmm. But that's interesting because I wonder whether it's just a case of what we're hearing is a radio edit, and it's just like, well, we'll just lose the last couple of verses because nothing's really going to change, and they just didn't give a thought about the lyrics that they were cutting out and what that meant. Or I wonder whether, again, in recontextualization, that kind of optimism just didn't fly with the 90s audience. I don't know. I questions. Don't so. Just Maybe, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just questions. Other question I have is, why versus? What does that mean? This is this is like Run DMC versus Jason Nevins. What's the versus? Like What's that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's one of the first of its kind, really. Like, it's the same with, like, Jay-Z versus Linkin Park or any or of... Any El- like, Elvis versus yeah. Junkie XL. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's like, a, like an edgy... Hey, we're collaborating together, except not really. Does it, does it always? Is it always only applicable to remixes? Or I can't think of an instance where it, it doesn't come up. Um, I think there was a whole like switched on pop episode about like the detail that goes into that sort of titling, whether an artist gets a feat or mm. whether it's artist X. Other artists, yeah, I know, know some of its royalties and stuff because I know, oh, like, right. I think of um, you know, the Kanye Jay Z track Otis. I invented sweat. Yeah, um, oh, do I? It, everyone knows the track. Oh. It's a yeah. terrific track. It's, it's oh, like yeah, it's featuring Otis Redding. It's, it's like, featuring uh, Otis Redding. Right? Oh yeah. That's because a, yeah. the estate of Otis Redding were happy to give Kanye the tracked as a sample to make a beat out of which mm. he does in his only him way yeah. but they only agreed to it if he would be credited as featuring Otis Redding and then he got like that way the the royalties for that song as a as on Watch the Throne as a single were uh, uh, more of it went to like the Redding right. family estate rather yeah, yeah, than yeah, if yeah. it was just a sample because he was credited as a featured artist yeah, yeah. I'm just glad that every time Andrew and I have done Otis at karaoke that the estate of Otis Redding has profited. Indeed. Obviously. (laughs) It means it's good for everyone. (laughs) I have such, yeah, like, very specific and very vivid memories of this song as a child. It's my first exposure to that sort of hip-hop, that sort of dance music, breakdancing, everything. Like, the whole audiovisual stimulus for this song is just fucking overwhelming. Mm. I'm very happy to say, 20 years on, holds the fuck up. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it does all right. Yeah. And that's the way it is. <laughs> and number 49, this is Hole with Malibu. 
That was Hole coming in at number 49 in the 1998 Hottest 100. That's a song called Malibu. That comes from their album Celebrity Skin. That is such a good name for an album. It's a fantastic yeah. name for a fantastic album and a fantastic title track, but that's another story for another time. For now, we're going to focus on Malibu. Now, we have talked at length about Hole on this podcast and in particular the stylistic uh, traits <laughs> of that band. This was part of an era of music uh, Chris Hardwick from The Nerdist once described as my friend. But this, this is about myself. This is a very uh, restrained Courtney Love for the most part. This is a song about lost hope and West Coast dreaming and just, you know, very evocative imagery of a time and a place. It's specifically picking a place that is widely agreed upon to be this paradise, super beachy, like gorgeous part of the world. And you feel that in like the super like bright, strummy acoustic guitar there's gorgeous harmonies on this thing and like it's super bright but it's also a bummer how are you so burnt me you're barely on fire even as a kid when i barely understood anything about the context like i didn't even know kurt and courtney was a thing the first time i didn't even i didn't know who she was i just knew this was the band i i, I knew they had a couple of hits on the radio i knew they were a rock band like Shirley Manson, like it was another one. It was just like, oh, women sing and play instruments too. Sick. Nice one. All right. Very early fundamental understandings of that's a band, that's a song, you know. Mm. And this is one of the early instances of just like, this might be my favorite song. I remember hearing this everywhere. I can specifically remember going to McDonald's for a McHappy day where they had like this big day you know just like giving away shit everywhere there was a jukebox and on that jukebox I put on Malibu because I wanted to hear that song because I loved that fucking I'd probably seen it on Rage that morning but I'd left the house and I was at McDonald's I was just like you know what I want to hear Malibu again that's a very pure story Were were you loving it? absolutely loving it nice. just like I love the sweet sweet taste of McDonald's you know what I mean like the, the, there's something strangely uncharacteristic about this song but yeah at its core it is like an archetypal whole song in a lot of ways so like it's a land of contrasts uh, some great vocal work here uh, Melissa Alftemar is in the band now and any band she's in she's the secret weapon of that band including her own band Alftemar like <laughs> Excellent in-the-pocket bass player, great backing vocalist. She adds so much to this band. This was obviously a troubled time for the band. You know, they were going through a lot and, you know, they were similar to Pearl Jam in, like, they were part of this movement mm-hmm. and then that movement died and that movement was very, very sp- specific to this particular band because they were married into that movement. Mm. And who are you after that, you know? Yeah. Like, th- this is an album of, like, rediscovering and, you know, like, finding your own identity and figuring out what's real and what isn't and... Malibu plays into that in a really, really big way, and uh, I just think it is a phenomenally crafted song. This is also, just uh, on another personal note, one of the first songs I ever learned how to play on guitar, and I used to cover this for at least the first 18 months, two years of me 
playing live and like busking and all that sort of shit, I would I would always try and bust out this song just because super easy song and I knew like I didn't even have to look up the lyrics like I just I just like I've been singing this song for ten <laughs> fucking years I can do it mm. and now it's been twenty fucking years of still singing this song. Uh, my good mates in Hockey Dad uh, did this song for their like a version mm. back in twenty sixteen and uh, did a bang up job of it. Good boys. I might add. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad this song has at least some degree of of legacy, but still not enough in my opinion. I think this is a massively overlooked and underrated song. I think um, with whole like they ebb and flow between like the more pop sensibility kind of tracks and like the grungier stuff, and I think they're at their best when they do this kind of music. I'm with you, David. I love this song a lot. Oh, good. I, I think it's really excellent. The Celebrity Skin record came out in September of '98, and this was a single released on December 29, 1998. And yet here it is at number 49, top half of the countdown. Yeah, right. So, so, it, at, yeah, so by the time people yeah, so, were voting in the hottest 100, yeah, opportune. Yeah, but, like, yeah. but also like to get that much track in such a short period. At yeah. most, if Triple J were playing it when the album came out in September, it's only, only a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was wow. really fucking cool. Yeah, fucking cool, I reckon. Obviously, like, Courtney Love, she's great when she gets, like, off the rails on the mic and it's kind of grungy and shitty kind of thing like that. But it's really nice just hearing her embrace this kind of pop sensibility that Hall have always had because mm-hmm. this works as a pop song. Well, yeah. Also, yeah um, co-written by Billy Corgan. Yeah. Billy uh, Corgan yes. was involved quite a lot in the production of this album. He, he was, he, that's he right. He helped write a lot of songs or whatever. <laughs> the quote is, like, um, the, the choice of producers was either Brian Eno... That's number one. It's like good number one. Um, or Billy Corgan. And um, I don't think they actually got Billy Corgan to do the whole thing, but he definitely helped out. The quote from Love is that he was like a maths teacher who wouldn't give you the answers, but was making you solve the problems yourself. That's perfect. Yeah, and in, that's and in particular, he was um, directing Love towards listening to Frank Sinatra and the Beatles for their key changes and melody lines, which I think is an interesting kind of background flavor for this song. For this mm. track, yeah. Because what Love was trying to do with this song and I, the album other album tracks was kind of a deconstruction of the west coast sound in terms of in terms of rock mm-hmm. not in terms of hip-hop not in relation to hip-hop yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. sadly not um so you know the doors the beach boys the birds and whatever and with it i guess as you were saying Deej, the mythos of california mm. you know the hollywood celebrity or whatever which yeah, yeah, yeah. love found herself so often at the wrong end of and she always has been really great at putting that out and kind of turning that on its head. Yeah. You know, the idea of being the the woman in the spotlight and, you know, like spitting venom about that. It's always been yeah. like what she does. And I think that's here as well. A lot of people, because of course they did, thought this song was about Kurt. Because if you're if you're a Nirvana fan, you just think that every song is about to the genius of any any fucking whole song. So this about Kurt, yeah. the, but the, it wasn't. But the rehab clinic that he stayed at was called Malibu, and she said that this song is about that. Oh, really? Yes. I, see, I've, I've heard that she said it was about her first boyfriend who she lived in right. Malibu with in uh, until about the mid-80s. His name I, I was uh, Jeff Mann. I know, um, Something can be about two things, yeah. I guess. I know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, true. stayed in a, re- a heroin rehab place in Malibu before he killed himself. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so sorry, was, in Malibu, not yeah, Colbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, there's something there. Like, you, like, like obviously, like, everything, mm. right? Particularly, like, the creative mind works in various ways. It can be about multiple things. And also, yeah. Yeah, true. when you're yep. dealing with grief and also your own drug problems, you write what you fucking do it. Totally. Yeah. But I, had, I totally had a thing because I was, like, listening to it because, obviously, I know this song since forever and it's mm. a gorgeous song, but I'd never really thought about it. And then listening to it, I was like, oh, I, I assume this is about Kurt. Yeah, right. And then so I checked, and there's, she claims that she wrote it based on his stay at the rehab clinic in Malibu. Huh. Okay, interesting. But then I thought, like, 
it must be such a weird thing for people like Courtney to like the base assumption is that whatever she's writing about is about a certain thing. Yeah, yeah. that's that's and it's certainly unfair. Like she's not alone in that. Like there are lots of lots of acts, particularly acts that are related to tragedy. Yep. Where yeah. they write a song and everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is it must about, be about, you know, yeah. which is just it'd be a weird yeah. thing to have. Yeah, just like you could be saying, like, if you write like a sad song about missing someone. Yeah. yeah. Like, no one hears a cure song and thinks, oh, I wonder who died in Robert Smith's life. Yeah. Yeah. He's writing a sad song. But if Courtney Love releases an album this year and there's a sad song on there about missing someone, uh, everyone's like, oh, she still can't get over Kurt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we talked yeah. about that with My Hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's the same thing. And that's got to play into your own personal psyche. Mm. If, if so often your construction psychologically is tied into how other people view you, it's just like it's a two-way street. And if you're a public figure and everyone is kind of ascribing that identity to you, what's that going to do to you? Yeah. That's... I guess, and I guess like another bad, you know, you don't want to end up in a spot where you're self-censoring because of what the assumed meaning would be for something. You don't want right. to write a song and be like, oh, I like this song, but. I can't do it because everyone will just. Because everyone will be like, yeah. it's Kurt. You yeah, know, like, I don't want to do that. I don't know. That's mm. weird. It's mess with you. Which I think, I think love. That's at the core of her songwriting to a large extent, except, like, her songwriting is the way that she kind of, like, deals with it. Yeah. Which is great. Like, I think showing up to yourself honestly in songwriting is the only way to do it. And you can tell when someone's backing off because the material is not there. If you've got something in you that needs expression so strongly, like, that's what your art is. I I feel like you should express that first and foremost. Get that out of the way and then you can focus on the other stuff. But How what a beautiful song, though. Like this, like like everything you said, DJ. It's bright and hopeful, but sad mm. and melancholy. Like it sounds like dry, you know, driving yeah. away. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's, it's, it sounds like the sunsets in California are garbage because there's so much smog everywhere. It's a fucking like the air quality in California is nightmarish and the sunsets always look weird because of it and it sounds like that like you're hungover huh. watching a bad sunset that's how this song but it's still a sunset yeah. like it's, you're still alive and you're still existing so it's not all bad but you fucking feel it's the finding melancholy finding beauty in the negative spaces mm. man that's Ooh. it wait hang on I think I've seen the film clip to this there's a flaming surfboard there is yeah. alright that's, that's one, one. <laughs> Number 48, it's Catatonia with Road Rage. Uh, number 48 uh, in the 1998 Hottest 100. 
Uh, that song is called Wildly Inconsistent Accent. Sorry, sorry. No, no. Uh, that's a different note, dear. Uh, the song's called Road Rage. Uh, let's throw it to... Tom Jones. Yes, indeed. Tom uh, Jones, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, yes. Tom Jones. If you didn't recognise that voice, uh, that was Cerise who was sang on the ballad of Tom Jones with Space. Tom Jones, Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Um, this is her band, uh, Catatonia. They were Welsh band, part of this movement called the Cool Kimri movement. Huh. Kimri being like Welsh for Wales, like that C-Y-M-R-U. I don't know. It's It, it sounds like Kimri, but I'm not sure. I'm sure so any Welsh native speakers know that I'm butchering it. Or whatever. It's a hard language. So yeah. many Ys. Oh, go, go, so go. many Ys. So few vowels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then that was a, um, a sect of like these Welsh bands, vaguely alternative, kind of popular in the mainstream in the UK in the 90s. Cool Kimri. Yeah. yeah. Space being one of them? No, I think they're Welsh. Space! He doesn't come from Wales. Wales! Hang on. Catonia are Welsh. Space, Space not Welsh. He no. doesn't come from Wales. He says it in the song. I don't come from Wales. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He does as well. Yeah. yeah I, I, hey, that could just be artistic license. <laughs> I can say, really oh, I'm not... I wrote this song from the perspective of, of characters very much like me, but not from Wales. Yeah. <laughs> like me in every other way. Yeah, but. yeah I'm not going to pretend, pretend I've heard of these guys before reading about them when we did Battle of Tom Jones. Tom um, Jones, I, Tom Jones. I, I literally Jones. just know this song. Yeah. Like, this is the only thing I know you about. You already knew this song, though. Did you know this song? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, right. was on, this was on a hit machine in 1998. Of course it was, That's, yeah. That, yeah. Honestly, if I was 20 years older, I can see me having been a fan of this when I was around. Like, mm. it's not, like, super, like, exciting kind of thing like that, but I, I really like her Welsh accent in the chorus. Oh, my God. Now you've me rage. Oh, like, stop. Yeah. It's so... Oh, the accent. Yeah. Just, All my oh. notes yeah. about how good the Welsh <laughs> good accent is. And also just, like, how impossible... <laughs> It is that there are a group of people that sound like that. Yeah. It's like <laughs> life is a miracle because it's just how the heck do you do you like anthropologically end up sounding like that? It's like the backstory I think is most logical is like okay, the, here was a group of people who couldn't stop singing, but they had to get <sighs> shit done, so they, they they settled on a happy medium. Yeah, if you're from Wales, I love you. I don't know straight I'm, up. I don't think I know many other Welsh bands. Lost profits, but uh, uh, that's <laughs> um, future of the left. Oh yeah, of course, future yeah, of the left. Yeah. They're boyos, yeah, they're boyos. boyos. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. of course the great oh. man. <laughs> Stereophonics. Yeah, stereophonics. Stereophonics. Yeah. Um, Wales. Manic Street Preachers, which we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Catfish in the Bottle Man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wales is huge. Yeah, right. Cool, Kimberly, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, there's the cool kind of like trip hop pop vibes going on here. Her voice is obviously the highlight. Tones relaxed but enthusiastic. There's an, enough going on here as a kind of all right alternative pop rock song that I would have vibe with it at the time. Like, yeah, there's enough there. There's no way that I hear this and I'm like, all oh, right, I'm, I have to check out Catatonia's back catalog. Like, chills. That's not who I am after this song. But like, this is an all right tune. I can see why it's here. I'm like, I have to go to Wales. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just have to go. Just so horny with the accent now. <laughs> Horny for the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> horny for Wales. Horny for Wales. <laughs> horny for Wales. <laughs> Gotta be horny for something. Did you guys vibe with it? Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Right? When I put it on, I, I hadn't made the connection. And as soon as the, her voice popped, I was like, oh my God, right, this yeah. is her. Hey, she did a song with Tom Jones. Whoa. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Space did a song with Tom Jones. And then the other component of the Ballad of Tom Jones also did a song with Tom Jones. In 1999, the very next year, she recorded a cover of Baby It's Cold Outside. Oh, really? 
And it's the best possible version of Baby It's Cold Outside. Is it the mm. Christmas song? Yes. Baby It's Cold Outside. Yes, the very right. horny, yeah. vaguely rapey mm. Christmas song. It's a horny yeah. song. Oh, it's, it's Probo. It's way yeah. too It's, yeah. way too it's not in There's way a good Ken Peel yeah. sketch about it. Yeah, right. About how Oh, how yeah. And they did it, it on SNL too, like the same sort of thing. Yeah. However, I did one time stumble upon a really long Tumblr post saying about how at the time, yes. because of something or rather, it's actually less problematic than you think. Okay. The, 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 the terms why. they use aren't. The terms mean different things. Like, yeah. it's like they're not. It's not, I'm not actually talking about getting yeah. someone drunk and fucking them. It's just like a term that people use. Yeah. But, but like how Boner used to just mean a mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it still means that today. <laughs> yeah. Good words. Anyway, yes. This song, fucking nice. Yeah, it's I'm good. It's good fun. The, I'm here for cool Kimry. Yeah. Hell yeah. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Tom, Tom Jones, Jones, Tom Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah, boy. It's To The Evolution by Pearl Jam coming in at number 47. Play that sick riff. <laughs> Motherfucking evolution from the motherfucking album yield. Nathan motherfucking Harrison. Yeah. How sick is that motherfucking riff? A while ago you were like, Yield is my favorite Pearl Jam album. When you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's fine. But now I'm like, yeah, I think you're like <laughs> Yeah. Deej was right. Yeah. Deej I mean, was look, right. This song is so good. Oh, it's so like Fuck this- off Pearl Jam. <laughs> you're making me look stupid. <laughs> It's like, just that, that fucking, like, stripped back blues rock fuck-off riff going on. Ah. And then those compressed vocals that, like... Just a little bit of distortion. A little, little, little bit of distortion, bit of and then you're like, mm. oh, yeah, well, this this is going to be fine if you're staying within these bounds of volume, Eddie, Edward. <laughs> and then he just, like, oh, the whole band, they just completely break... Like, they build a sort of structure for this song with the riff and... And the lyrics, and then they just break it and they push out of it. It's incredible. It is this incredible. is this is like always been. Well, I, you know, I got into Pearl Jam a bit end of high school, and this was like a clear standout as one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. It's just so 
good. Yeah. And he's talked about it a fair bit, Eddie writing this song as a character. Yeah. Like, not as himself. Like, most Pearl Jam songs mm. are fairly introspective and personal, but this is very much not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he found that really freeing, and, and like, that's so exciting. And it just, like, it works so well. Yeah, maybe. You, know, you know that Space song where he was saying, like, you know, he's singing from the perspective of someone not from Wales? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He was singing about someone, you know, wearing pants. That, that's, that's not his vibe. That's not him. Yeah. He was, he was full Reg Grundy's singing this one. Question, I, or, or query, or speculation. Mm. Mm. What if that was part of the reason that Pearl Jam were able to get their mojo back? You know, Eddie's going like, you know what? It's What if I wrote other than myself? Like, maybe that was part of what gave Yield its vitality and its energy. Yeah, maybe. But you know? is, is Wishlist on Yield? It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's very much a hymn song. Yeah. That is very much a hymn yeah. song. But, mm. you know, like, that could have been an earlier one or, you know, like, the breakthroughs in, that, mm. that we're hearing or whatever, yeah, yeah. the more inspired stuff. Like, just switching modes and challenging yourself and doing yeah. something different is often a way to create those breakthroughs. I just, I just mm. wonder whether that was it. Yeah, I think it's very easily could be part of it. I love um, how much, like, because it's like evolution kind of thing like that, but it's just like this, like, fucking, he's just such this this cynical bit of punk-sounding guy in this. Just being oh, like, yeah. yeah, we've evolved into... This might be the into, most punk Pearl Jam song. Yeah, so. like, we've just evolved into dickheads. Like, we've yeah. just evolved into people who are slaves and slavers and cowards and cheats. That's what we've evolved into. Uh, life sucks so bad. Yeah. Don't no, 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 no. <laughs> it's very much influenced um, by the novel Ishmael uh, by Daniel Quinn, um, yeah. and so is The Rest of Yield, apparently, which is kind of like a philosophical novel where this man has just a very long conversation with, uh, I think it's a gorilla, some kind of ape. Okay. Um, okay. With, yeah, with, with Donkey Kong. And Donkey Kong is like, humankind has been around for such a short amount of time, yeah. and this is where, like, you know, you're, you're a blip, but you're a blip that's destroying everything. And it's, it's very much kind of thinking about humanity on a sense of scale but also like you know within that period of humanity things start are starting to ramp up like yeah, exactly. in the 21st so century people are feeling that speed start to take off you know the, the top of the roller coaster and it's it's heading down and you get that sense of out of control yeah. momentum this song is out of control yeah, right? yeah. you know like the person is trying to give the illusion of control but they're 100% not there the person singing this song is Patrick Bateman smiling <laughs> maniacally with blood splattered on yeah. his face yeah. like that's who the, the, the person is in this track this song when I hear it fully just reminds me it's just like alright oh, the most of everything is nothing uh, we're stuck on a ball in the middle of that nothing and the ball in the middle of it it's, it's fire and you know like we're doing a really good job of making the ball not a nice place to live and, and everything's everything is chaos and somehow we managed to convince ourselves that it's not but it is yeah. everything is chaos yeah. man and it's just that, it's that manic smile right like yes. you listen to this and yeah. you just like the song sounds like that and it gets more and more manic and the band matches that intensity I love that bit before the guitar solo kicks in where it does right back for a couple couple of bars and yeah. it's just the hi-hat that's yeah like oh it's so good there are so many beautiful little moments within this even like the yeah. the semi ham like singing the choir and then the choir because it, it works because oh, it's because yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. this whole song is like the level of drama is so very high oh and, dude yeah 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 and just even like the fact that the riff it's communicating the illusion of progress that the mm. song is. It's like, yeah. no, it's just yeah, the same yeah, yeah. shit again and again and yeah, again. Yeah. But the but intensity is getting intensity. higher. Yeah, yeah. And we're, the person who's getting so off on the fact that we are making progress and everything's great is deluded in the same way that the riff isn't moving. It, things are just getting more fucked. 
And, oh! and, and just like the first, it's evolution. It's just such a like smarmy, like yeah. it's evolution, it's baby. Evolution, yeah. baby. And then by the end, you're just like yeah. he's just screaming. Yeah. Yes. Oh. This song get oh, like you this, this song fucks. see what yeah. it's doing to yeah. me, man. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. Just, yeah. so Pearl Jam are like real big for doing covers live. Like they have a really extensive like catalog of songs that they put live, and particularly because they have a really. Um, big bootleg community that they yeah. support a lot of that's like documented really well they cover dead kennedy's bleed for me oh fucking choice. which is one of yeah one of my favorite dead kennedy songs yes. easy like incredible song kind of about reagan era Secret Service making people disappear, mm. you know, all really, really dark shit and, like, occupying spaces overseas and stuff like the Peace Force building labour camps when they think they're building schools. Ha! Like, very, like, super dark and, yeah, like, you know, about disappearing people from the street and taking them to a torture chamber kind of thing for, for protesting that kind of thing. And that cover and then performing that, like, I feel like I can draw a clear line to this song. Yeah. This attitude to character is very Jello Biafra as well. Like, oh I think yeah, sure. This this is Eddie wearing his Dead Kennedys influence on his sleeve in, in in kind of performing this. Yeah, and it's the same kind of really like character driven cynicism and distrust of everything. And ah, it's so good. Choice, so choice, fucking, fucking song. Oh man, it is unbelievable. So when we were talking about wish list, um, I brought up the fact that I loved that you could hear Eddie starting again at the end of like like as the song was fading out, like another I wish I was a fucking jump shot with the man. Yeah, and like I love that this song also fades out, and you can also hear Eddie in the fade out but all he's doing is going come on come on just screaming mm. like you can just imagine him screaming at the fucking man like it's like this song is fading out and it's ending but like in another world it's still fucking going they're gonna yeah. keep jamming it until he is finished screaming mm. come on come on and he's never the, gonna be finished and he's <laughs> never gonna be finished exactly he's just hobbling it. he's wearing his torn dead Kennedy shirt he's cut off fucking jeans and just yeah just punching everyone in the front row, square in the face. Just <laughs> people think that the fade out is a cop out, right? That's, no. that's it's a commonly held. Often it is. It can be, yeah. but thematically speaking, it can sometimes be exactly what yeah. this needs. I would I would say that Wishlist needed the fade out, <laughs> and this song definitely needs the fade out because it's evolution, baby, and it doesn't end. It's chaos all the way down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that chaotic riff. That fucking bizarre, like, Black Francis-esque rooster squeal that opens the song. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it's just <laughs> business time. <laughs> it's oh, it is <laughs> When he, like, screams, it's herd behavior. It's like, ooh, oh, so good. There's a lot of... dead. Some really, really good, those kinds of lines. Lyrics just rule. Oh. Lyrics just rule. Song just rules. Song rules. So good. This, song, so good. this song fucks on the floor and breaks shit. That's yeah. all this song does. Yeah. Hell yeah. Also, mm. this is the 10th Pearl Jam song we hey, have talked about. Look at that. So this now is, they're the champs? The first, these are the new champs. The, well, the new most, the most, most talked nice. about. Hottest. Yeah. Mm. The hottest. The hottest, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, that'd be nightmarish. You've got all ten introductions of just like at number uh, it's Pearl Jam with, <laughs> and then all ten Pearl Jam songs yeah. played at once. Oh. <laughs> Do 
Not, not a bad band to be in the position. Yeah, no, yeah. sure. Well, well deserved. And I think that speaks to what we were saying when we talked about Give It To Fly, you know, the staying power of the band, the fact that these guys are... They're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know? Like, this is this is their presence and they're determined to make it felt. Totally. And, like, we first talked about them in season one with Go. Like, <sighs> and that was, like... Yeah. That's 93. That's, you know, heyday kind of time. But, yeah. like, we've really seen them work through stuff as well, so... Mm. And look at them fucking now. Look at them now. Yeah, man. Yeah. They've done the evolution. It's done. They did it. Clocked it. Evolution. Tick. What's next? <laughs> Pants. <laughs> <laughs> And number 46 is Powderfinger with Don't Wanna Be Left Out. I creep around slowly and receive from the TV signals about my life. A new dedication to my medication. I'm otherwise occupied. An ambitious plan to bring attention to myself. Finger at number 46 in the 1998 Hottest 100. That's Don't Wanna Be Left Out from the album Internationalist. Adam. Yo. We're international. We, we've just been talking a lot about Wales. Yeah. But uh, let, let's let's go back to God's country. Let's go back to Queensland. And uh, let's talk Let's talk Finger. Bris Vegas. Bris Vegas, baby. All right, so welcome back, Bernald. And you know what, guys? Thank you very much. Tough act to follow um, coming off the back of <laughs> yeah, Pearl Jam. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty tough. But I'll tell you what... <laughs> Oh, uh, I didn't realise you were here. Uh, uh, I've been Mr. here this Mr. entire time. Oh. Um, Yikes. Thanks for not interrupting more. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd interrupt for this particular episode because, you know, you're talking about my, my band and everything. All right. Is, uh, is Bernard Fanning a Muppet? I'm not... No. A New Zealand Muppet? <laughs> <laughs> In a way, I think you can draw a parallel between this and, um, and Pearl Jam. I think that the, that kind of non, oh, yeah. that non-stop energy that yeah, you've got yeah. going it's on in no this song, no nonsense rock and roll, yeah, and very similar to do the evolution. This is anxiety rock, mm. and I think that's really interesting because that's, you know that's speaking a bunch of language there. <laughs> anxiety, anxiety rock is the name of my album, um, but I think like that makes me reflect upon where the energy for rock is coming from in the 90s. And it is. It's anxiety, really. In the 80s, it used to be this ego and whatever, and, you know, self-belief or you know, the belief in progress. And now you're getting songs like Do the Evolution and, and This, which is just kind of like going like, no, shit's out of control and I can't deal with it. Here, it's interesting to reflect upon the idea of ego because it's so much about being insecure. That's what this song is really all about. It's like, I don't want to be left out. I'm getting all this this information coming at me and all it's doing is making me realize that I know nothing and that I'm, I'm not across stuff or maybe fearing that I'm not across stuff and not, and you know, doubting the very little that I do know and, and just desperately needing to seek more and more and more or to get more and more attention. It's like, it's FOMO the song. Yeah. Um, bit ahead of the curve as well, considering this is only coming out in, in 98. Cause I've said before, Powderfinger are not really my 
like cup of Australian tea. Obviously, I know this song, but I forgot yeah. about it. I forgot they could rock hard. Like, I think it's it's a great jewel in Powderfinger's discography because yeah. it's just it's just a different gear for them to be in and a yeah. gear that you don't see them in that much. But they're kicking ass. Yeah. Like, who's who's playing guitar in this, David? That's the same lineup they've always had. So, What's his uh, name? Uh, Darren Middleton. Darren Middleton. Yeah, tearing ass like he's at the last Aussie guitar hero and, here, uh, just like Ian, being an absolute Ian, rock Ian god. Hogue, I think yeah. the guitarist's yeah. name is. Yeah, yeah, they just absolutely deliver the goods. It's, I, I forgot that Powderfinger could be a rock and roll band. Yeah, because I mean, I remember really liking um, "Baby I've Got You" on my mind when it came out, which was like a fairly later single. Yeah. It's very rocky. But before that, I think like you get around the like the real big hits of Powderfinger stage, mm. and and at least from the singles, there is a really there's a sound, and it doesn't yeah. include this. Like I yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's first coming across Powderfinger with all those big songs, and we're like, oh yeah, cool. This is what they are, and, and it's nice music. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's, but it's very much like your um your quasi racist aunt's favorite music at the Christmas Barbie. Oh like, god, it's a, a Powderfinger it album. Skirts like adult contemporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like the closest thing they had to a rock single for a while after this was like a dog. Mm. Um, so like, oh, great song! Which is a great song. I but like, all about that. Yeah, like, and these are still great songs. Like, I'm just talking stylistically. The next run of singles, you've got already gone, passenger, my happiness, my kind of scene, uh, the meter, waiting for the sun. Uh, and then on my mind. So, you know, there is that whole period of, like, a lot of mid-tempo, obviously, ballads and, like, you know, stuff that's a, a bit more restrained. And, you know, they were obviously developing that side of them and, and full credit to them for doing so. But yeah, they're great songs. Fucking hell. Like, you hear this song, you're just like, why didn't you just make a whole record of this? <laughs> Like this because is, it this make is more song fuck less... on the floor and break shit music. But it would be less special for this song if there was more of this song. I yeah, think that's part fair. Of, that part is of the reason fair. why I love this as a Powderfinger track is because they're not often in this gear and they're kicking ass in this gear and it's and it's just awesome. I mean, nothing about it is particularly groundbreaking. It's resting on some pretty well-established rock tropes, but it's just employing them so frenetically and so well that I think that's what makes the song, you know, the baller thing that it is. Yeah. yeah. And also just like, I, I really get into the, where they're drawing the energy from in terms of the everything happens so much, man, kind of feeling. Behind Fuck, yeah. everything really does happen, doesn't it? As someone who was up until about 2am last night down a YouTube rabbit hole, <laughs> like I understand being overwhelmed, man. I'm, I, I think I'm relating to this song a bit. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm relating to this song a lot <laughs> today. <laughs> it's too much, man. It's too much. Everything happens too much, man. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hustle Just Thank you very much for listening and thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites and continue the ever continuing story of carryover champs, carryover chums. I'm going to go first. Least favourite purely by default, 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 and no offence to the good people of Wales, Catatonia Road Rage, but no way in fuck are they taking over from Brand the Van. We haven't sold the van just yet. I have sold the van. Mm. We've, we've listed it on many different <laughs> many, 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 many places. Give it away. Yeah, yeah. We lower the price every week on Gumtree and still no dice. <laughs> the O-N-O is really big and more yeah. yeah. It's just like the, the cardboard in the back window oh. covering up most of the back window. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now, 
Now we get to Sophie's fucking choice, my friends. This is brutal. This is legitimately one of the most brutal choices I think I've ever had to make because Really? Oh, all of these like all of these four other songs have like some deep connection to me in one way, shape, or form. And I like for sure you'd go Malibu. I know you love well, that. Well like I love the other two songs as well. And yeah. I, mm. like all of them have a big big part for me but yeah as you said it's got to be malibu and it's new champ yeah oh, there nice. You go. nice here my, we go my uh least favorite also um the catatonia not because of a bad song just it just mm. happened to fall in a five that were otherwise very good and look you know what do the evolution not only my fave it's my new fucking champ i'm hey! sorry no surprises you're only around a week and you probably are a song with more staying power but when I'm in well, the song, do the evolution. Not. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm in the song, do the evolution. That's the only place I want to fucking be. That's my new champ. Andrew, yeah, true. I see you, and I meet you. hundred hey! goddamn percent. Yeah, boy. Do the evolution is a phenomenal song, yeah. and I am totally obsessed with it at the moment. Yeah. Once again, my least favorite is also Catatonia, but my favorite country <laughs> is. Potentially Wales. Yeah, so, right. you know. Is that, that your away. country champ? Uh, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Until country I... chump? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my least favourite country is international waters. <laughs> That's so diplomatic. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I, uh, I think I'm going to copy you guys. Do the evolution, new champ, no! and Catatonia. New champs all round. Oh god! Now favorite. I feel like a dick. No, no baby. No, man. Honestly, I came. I came in this morning expecting to pick Malibu as as at least my fave, if not maybe champ. But then but he sat down with an ape, had a bit of a chat, exactly, and he was like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> yeah, that's right. So much changing. Look at these good songs. Like at the halfway point in the countdown. It's evolution, baby. Uh, guys, chills. <laughs> This is a great podcast. Uh, it's a top <laughs> podcast. You should, you I don't to, know why you're not listening you to, to rate it out of like five stars, I guess. Just like, uh, stars, like, you know, hypothetically, you know, yeah, because there's no way to actually. Well, yeah, give I, it I, a I can't imagine any sort of official, official forum, oh, like a platform, <laughs> yeah, a platform where you would do that. To answer your question, I give it, I give it a good four, um, because you know, keep us humble. Yeah, keep, keep us working hard. Yeah, we got to work but, for that extra star, baby. It's evolution, baby. I don't want the humbleness. I want the ego boost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five stars. Well, we power on and we persevere. We are not done by a long shot, baby. We got a whole heck of bangers to go. That's another story for another time. So until then, my friends, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Miss Andrew McDonald. Good night. Mr. Adam Buncher. It's evolution, baby. My name is David James Young. Everything is evolution, baby. Until finally, the male hummingbird screams with passion. Sheep serve as an important part of Wales' economy. Yeah, baby.